Congresswoman Caleb Collier says that this proposal is meant to protect their Second Amendment rights. I'm proposing that the city of Spokane Valley issue a proclamation stating that our city is a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Today on Church and State, repent or die. Hello, Christian Patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. And I'm your host, Caleb Collier, once again, your favorite far-right shock jock and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. Uh, my my two guys in here, by the way, I've got uh, Pat had to leave. He's actually, in fact, you know what? We got a ministry. Pat has back problems. Pray for him. Uh, his back has been bug- bugging him for, what, a week and uh, I do believe in the power of prayer. So uh, if my audience so feels so inclined, please keep Pat in your prayer that uh, his back would be healed. But I've got another guy here, uh, one that I've known for a couple of years now, I suppose. A couple, three, four, something like that. Anyway, three years. Okay. Um, but he's interested in what we're doing. So he came in to watch us. So, hey, audience, say hi to Dan. Yeah. He can't. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but Chris and Dan just confirmed. There he is. Look at him. That cool don't tread on me hat. I love it. Uh, they just confirmed. Gabe has bad posture. We were I was I was talking about it the, on the last episode. They just confirmed it. He does indeed. Hey, go to churchandstate.media and take advantage of all of our shows. Start airing them, start sharing them. Everybody needs to watch this program. Why? Because it's so good. I mean, do I need to say any more than that? I feel like I've been ever since I started this war with uh, emancipation propaganda and um, um, be vigilant, I feel like I've taken on this air of, of greater cockiness. Is this is this accurate? Chris, you're not supposed to agree with me on that. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I'm just going to reiterate for the audience, I am, uh, my cockiness that is sometimes perceived, it's all for humor's sake. Like, I, I'm not really that arrogant. Maybe a tiny bit, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, share the shows and keep us on the air. Um, I have had a number of people that have actually uh, donated to the show, and I, I do thank you for that. Like, that is such an incredible blessing to actually see money coming in. Uh, I'm hoping that pretty soon I can stop talking about the fact that we need donations all the time. We're not there yet, but we're getting closer. We want to stay on the American Christian Network. We love being on the air five days a week. Uh, take advantage of all of our fine affiliates. Let's go with that one. Yeah. I feel like candy, probably because I'm I'm still recording on Halloween. Uh, but toaster s'mores, what could be better than a toaster s'more? Okay, I know all of you are not going outside right. Well, you're outside right now. Some of you, you're celebrating this nasty holiday, but you're not going to build a fire outside, and you certainly can't do s'mores. I guess I could do a s'more if I wanted to on my wood burning fireplace. Or stove that I don't I don't know if that'd work very well, but you can make them in your toasters, and your kids are going to be like, "Dad, you're my hero." Some of you have got teenage kids. Wouldn't you like to hear, "Dad, you're my hero" from your teenage boy or daughter? You don't get that very often. You could if you made s'mores in the toaster. So check out the website. They help sponsor us, and they got great products. 
Also, if you want to get a hold of us, Church and State 1776 at proton.me. Love getting your emails. All right. I thought I'd, you know, I, I usually bring stories to the audience that make you shake your heads sometimes at the story, sometimes at me. Uh, but I wanted to bring a story that really makes me feel good. One that honestly almost made me cry. A good, a good cry. And so I wanted to take just a moment to share a, 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 a police situation that occurred and, and how it had such an incredible ending. Chris, go ahead and play that for me. Approximately 30 years old, wearing a black hoodie and a military-style hat. Where was he last seen? Sitting on the curb just prior to the parking garage. Put the weapon down! Dude, don't do it to another vet! Don't do it to me! I'm a retired army guy! Let me help you! Don't make me do this! Please drop it, brother! We've lost too many already! I know you're hurting, man! I was too! But I went about four months ago! So let me help you, please. I can't do that, man. I can't do that. Believe in Jesus Christ, brother? Don't do it. Don't do it. Shoot me. No, don't do it. I was in your shoes a few months ago, brother. It took everything in my body. Now I'm six foot five, 300 pound paratrooper. It took everything in my world to call VA and to finally get the help. And I got the help, but I want to help you, man, because I'm tired of losing brothers and sisters. But I can't help you if you don't help me, okay? The Lord sent me here to you today. He didn't send one of these other guys. He sent me as a vet to you to help you. Because I'm there. I've been there. Just, just drop it. Just drop it. Okay, put your hands on your head for me. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get you some help. We're going to start right now. I'm going to get you over here to park you, and we're going to get it taken care of, okay? Love you, bro. I love this story. I love that we have police officers that, number one, are Christians and not ashamed of it, not ashamed to tell this individual that Jesus sent him, him, because he was a veteran and he knew what this guy was experiencing. He alluded to the fact that he had dealt with suicidal ideations himself and was able to fight it by getting help. And ultimately, he got that guy to drop his gun. He was uh, more than likely trying to engage in suicide by cop, and uh, this guy wouldn't let him. And I think that's an incredible story. Um, I, m- most of you know, I'm a vet. I served in the United States Marine Corps. Now I served in a sweet spot and didn't deploy anywhere. But once I got out of the Marine Corps, I spent seven and a half years as an EMT. And I've seen more dead bodies than anyone should have to experience in their lives. I've seen the worst of the worst. I've seen many dead babies. Uh, I've seen people crying and screaming and torn up by accidents and gunshot wounds. And I most certainly carry my share of ghosts, uh, images that will haunt me for the rest of my life probably. And I I don't think anybody should have to experience that. Uh, Some people are called to that kind of a life where they, they go in. They go into where everybody else would be running away. They run towards it. And, uh, and so when I see something like this, it's, it's very compelling to me. Uh, but it got me thinking uh, about something else as well. And it's a problem within the church. There's, there's a movement, and, and I think it's probably already always existed within the church. But there's a movement uh, that God wants to heal everyone. And if you are not being healed, well, then you don't have enough faith. 
or you're not praying hard enough. You just need to believe that you're healed. We live in a fallen world, and the reason that miracles are miracles is because they don't happen on a daily basis. They're miracles because they're unexpected. And I do believe that God can supernaturally heal people. I've seen it done. I've got a good friend that it occurred to him. But those are the exceptions. Those are not the norm. And we do a great disservice to our Christian faith when we proclaim that you just need to pray more. You just need to believe more. We do need to believe in God the Father and in His Son, Jesus Christ, more. But that doesn't guarantee you that you're going to be healed. It doesn't guarantee you that you're going to be wealthy and happy. In fact, Jesus promised that the world hated us, or hated Him, so it'll hate us. So we can expect trials and tribulations as we walk this world, ultimately to our final victory. When you accuse somebody of not believing enough, or not praying hard enough, you essentially establish a caste system. And a lot of people will fake it to make it. They will claim supernatural healing. My back pain is gone. And then two days later, you see them, and they're right back to the immense amount of pain that they live with. You get this euphoric high, which can scientifically make you feel better. But when you leave the church service, oftentimes that pain comes right back. I talked a little bit about my EMS experience. And I despise Christians who would tell me, and I've experienced this in my own life, that that mother just didn't pray hard enough. I've seen babies with debilitating diseases, holes in their hearts, and to be called to that house and to try to save that baby's life and to hear the wails of the mother, those screams will stay with me forever. And to hear them pleading with God not to take their child. And a Christian is going to tell that person they didn't believe enough. How dare you? How dare you put that burden on that mother? Or put that burden on people who've experienced that type of trauma in their life? I think we as Christians need to be doing better. And explaining that, yeah, he can heal. But he won't always. And you know what? His grace is sufficient. With that, I wanted to talk a little bit more. Actually, I'm not done with this subject. Sorry. I just glanced down at my notes. I've seen, I grew up in a lot of Pentecostal churches. Some kind of whacked out ones. I uh, was part of the vineyard movement for a while as a early teenage years. Part of that whole Toronto blessing and seeing people bark like dogs and give birth to spiritual animals and things like it was it was very strange it turned me off from the church for quite some time and within certain denominations they almost expect these signs and wonders constantly but jesus talked about this and he, he talked about it in matthew chapter 16 the pharisees and sadducees demanded a sign from him can you imagine being this arrogant this arrogant to demand from the Son of God. <laughs> you're a genie. I'm going to rub this lamp, and you're going to provide. You're going to give me a miracle. And Jesus' response to them was, 
that a wicked generation, he says, uh, a wicked and adulterous generation looks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Just absolutely shut them down. See, if your Christian faith, if it demands signs and wonders, then you really got to start questioning your faith. Do you have any at all? Or is Jesus just this magic fairy tale to you that if you just believe in him enough, then all of your wildest dreams will come true? Wealthy, healthy, good-looking, great job, no illnesses, no tribulations, no persecution. For so many, so many people in the church, this is the Jesus that they widely accept and promote. And we put individuals up on soapboxes that tickle our fancy and give us an emotional high. An emotional high that so oftentimes doesn't last throughout the rest of the week. I've seen this so many times. So many times that now it's become almost humorous to me. I remember one instance in particular. Um, there was a, a speaker that had been brought into the town. And uh, he, was, he was supposed to be this, this big wig. Um, turns out he wasn't. But he, he felt God telling him something. He had a prophecy. And so he says to this room of about 400, I have a word. God is giving me a word for somebody named Michael. And no one in the audience was named Michael. <laughs> like... Wow. You know, you pick probably one of the most common names in America and a swing and a miss. But he wouldn't let it go. He says, no, somebody, somebody in this room is named Michael. No one's raising their hands. And somebody, somebody has a relative, somebody. And this went on for about five minutes. And finally, this timid woman towards the back of the, uh, the uh, back of the seats, she raises her hand and says, my nephew's middle name is Michael. This guy says, that's it. That's it. No, man. Chances are you're not a prophet. Chances are you engage in, honestly, a magic show. And this one didn't work out for you very well. I've seen this time and time again where people in a large church, small church, doesn't really matter, but they'll say, uh, somebody in this room has back pain. Well, throw a dart, man. You're going to hit anybody in the room that suffers from back pain. We all got it. I believe that miracles or words from God can happen. But I believe they're going to be really specific. Like the case of my, my friend, who they said, somebody in this room has, I can't remember if it was left or right, but left knee pain. You've been injured there. And this guy went forward. He'd been shot through the knee. And he was healed. When I first met him, walked with a cane. Was so doped up on painkillers, he'd barely stand. Had had numerous knee surgeries. And God healed him right there. And I bore witness to it, and I continue to bear witness to it. That guy runs and walks, and he likes to squat. All things he never could have done before. So they happen. But God's going to be specific. It's not going to be some snake oil salesman says that you've got back pain or headaches. 
somebody suffering from depression. These are easy ones. All right. Rant over on the church. Let's get into some other stories. Uh, I've got another one. Uh, this, this one intrigued me. It's another video. Uh, for the radio audience, I'll narrate this. But um, this is not just unique to Colorado. Now, this specific video took place in Colorado. But um, there have been cases all over the world of animals abandoning their natural habitats, coming out of the woods and going to where the people are. Now, traditionally, animals are a little bit wary of humanity. I mean, after all, there's plenty of us that still hunt, right? And so why would they be coming into these neighborhoods? Chris, go ahead and play the video while I'm discussing this. But you can see in this video, there is massive herds of deer and elk just sitting in this residential neighborhood out on the front lawn. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm what, like 50, 60 of those things? Massive, 100, okay. They're not telling me more. Massive amount of these wild creatures that are just hanging out in a res residential zone. Let's talk about extreme weather events. You see, if you, smart people, uh, I, certainly the Native Americans used to watch this, they would watch what the wildlife was doing and they would give a, it would be an advanced warning of tornadoes of earthquakes of typhoons why are all the animals coming out of the wildlands all around the world what do the animals know or sense is probably more appropriate what are the animals sensing what are they giving us an advanced warning of i think we should be watching this and seeing if Something occurs in the not-too-distant future here because they're up to something, and they're definitely more in tune with the natural than we are. We are with our big brains and our scientific knowledge. All right, speaking of that, <laughs> well, let's just go to Switzerland. Switzerland is such an interesting nation to me, uh, one that has largely stayed out of wars. Why? Because they bank everybody's money. So let's bankroll both sides and... We're going to be the winner. But they are um, a, a European nation that has traditionally entertained more of the natural rights that you and I are so accustomed to living in America. Uh, it's in, almost impossible to live there if you are a foreign citizen. Uh, they, you have to have a certain amount of money in the bank, and you have to really go through an arduous process in order to become a citizen. But listen to what they just recently did. They just mailed iodine tablets to 5 million residents in case of nuclear disaster. Why would the Swiss be doing something like that? Now, in all fairness, they had done this before. In 2014, they actually mailed out 4.6 million potassium iodine tablets, uh, but those only have a 10-year lifespan. So here we are, 2024 is right around the corner, and they're doing it again. Now, are the Swiss just being precautious? Or are they perhaps looking around at current events and thinking something might be afoot? Something could potentially happen here to where we could see a nuclear strike and we're going to take care of your citizens or our citizens. Imagine living in a nation whose government cared that much about its citizens. You think we got that in America these days? You think our government cares that much about its citizens that they would mail 
that many iodine tablets in case of a nuclear disaster? I don't think so. Now, granted, we have a <laughs> much larger population, and it might bankru- bankrupt us, but then again, we spend money on ensuring that uh, transgender studies occur in Pakistan. So, you know, we could maybe find the money. But I do find it fascinating that the Swiss are getting ready, gearing up. They're seeing something perhaps just like those animals did. I think we should take note of stories like this. Because the Swiss has a fantastic intelligence agency. And they're also very close to the Russians. They're much closer to the world war that is currently happening. I mean, Yemen just declared war on Israel. So pay attention to stories like these. Watch, because more and more of them are going to come out. And they're going to give you foreknowledge of what could potentially be happening or what could be coming towards our borders. Last story that I really wanted to spend a lot of time on, uh, I think this devotes uh, or uh, mandates a devotion to, is coming from The Guardian. Now, typically I would never say something like that about The Guardian, but it is an interesting story for me. Uh, it's, the title is, This War is Prophetically Significant, Why U.S. Evangelical Christians Support Israel. I love this for a number of reasons. And, and number one is, The Guardian is such a joke. But The Guardian is trying to explain to their audience, which is made up of nothing but secular leftists, why the evangelical Christians support Israel. Can you imagine, or can you actually believe that we live now in a country that was founded by Christians, that has a long history of Christianity being the norm, the expectation. And now we have to have rags like the Guardian explain to their audience why Christians support Israel. I I think this is actually proof that we are living in a post-Christian world or post-Christian nation that they have to actually explain what all of us already know. I mean, as I read through the article, I'm like, yeah, no kidding. They're, they're trying to quote scripture. Most of it is inaccurate, but they're trying to quote scripture and explain why this is significant to us, why we believe that, uh, you know, if you curse Israel, that you will also be cursed. Well, because the Holy Word of God tells us that. And because we as Christians know that every single sentence in the Bible is divinely inspired and so is massively significant. And then you take it on with what's going on in current events. And absolutely, we're going to support God's chosen people. Yes, we're going to support the existence of Israel. And now, now that we're into the war, you know, initially when it occurred, there were a lot of people they were coming out and saying, support Israel. They were attacked. And look how quickly the narrative has changed. We're having thousands upon thousands of people marching in streets all across the world, screaming the most anti-Semitic statements you could imagine. You've got leftist, secular Hollywood Jews who are ashamed of their own culture. Where's the ADL on this? Why aren't they coming out and acknowledging this for exactly what it is? There are people 
stories that I hear. Older Jews who, there's still a few left, have ex- had experienced the Holocaust or were the next generation. And you know what they're asking all around the world? Is it happening again? Is it happening again? We prided ourselves, as, as, as the entire world, we prided ourselves on the fact that we would never allow the atrocities that occurred during World War II under Nazi Germany to ever happen again. We erected monuments and museums to make sure that this never died, this memory, this collective world memory would never die we would have this memory so that we ensured that nothing like this would ever happen again. And yet here we are. Here we are encouraging Hamas, encouraging Muslim terrorists, encouraging their free speech to say the most horrific things, that they should murder all Jews, man, woman, and child. We have people that are excusing the abhorrent behaviors of these Hamas terrorists as they butcher people. And we have apologists for them that try to explain that, well, the Jews have been oppressing them for years. So it's justified. No. No, it is not. It is never justified to murder women and children. Do atrocities happen in war? Yes, yes they do. Were German civilians and English civilians killed during World War II? Absolutely. And is it happening now in this Israeli war? Yes, it is. But most nations, unless they're completely evil, don't specifically target civilians. There are rules of war, and that's one of them. Are civilians dying in Palestine and in Gaza? Absolutely they are. But the terrorists use them as human shields. Look, I'm I'm an anti-war libertarian. Remember the Democrats used to be? The anti-war Democrats? I'm an anti-war libertarian. I don't want to see war occur in any nation around the world. I don't want to see civil war occur in my own beautiful country. But I'm not a pacifist. And I understand that violence sometimes is going to occur and even sometimes is justified. The defense of a nation, the defense of your family is 100% justified. And that's the situation that we're currently dealing with. I don't want the Palestinians destroyed. I don't want the Israelis destroyed. I desire peace. Now I understand because of my Christian faith that there will never be world peace. Not until we see that uh, beautiful Savior coming a second time where he will establish his kingdom here on earth. That's the only time we'll ever see peace in this lifetime. Church and State is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. Welcome to the fire. 